Hey, you damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. And... No one else. That's it. <laughs> hey, this is so funny. Aubrey needed to take off last week, and Danielle needed to take off this week. You know, Danielle's got a looming art deadline that... Uh, is quickly approaching, and she really just needed to get some work done this week, so we're giving her some time to work on her stuff, but she'll be back next time, and I thought that it would be fun to just, like, it's just the boys, yeah. just hanging out with the boys, yeah, so this is our book club podcast, we're reading comics, we're talking to our friends, and now Aubrey's going to tell you all about it. Alright, so here's what we're going to do. <laughs> Aubrey's going to screw up what Daniel says, but he's going to try, so... Um, <laughs> What you do is we'll read a comic and then we'll tell you what to read and then you read that comic and then you write us in and tell us what you thought about that comic while we're reading a different comic that we're going to tell you to read afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we'll give you all the thoughts. And that's a book club and that's friendship. Yes. Very good. Excellent. That was a great job. Back to you, John. Ah, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I want to give some shouts outs. Shouts um, out. I want to shout out our good buddy Hayden Orr. Hayden Orr. Yeah, book club member and co-host because he had an awesome debut on the Frankenstein Alive Alive episode. Oh, yes. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. And, and your podcast is really good too, Hayden. Oh, yeah. Shout them out. What was it called? Last Book on the Shelf. Yes. Check out, the, check out Hayden's podcast, Last Book on the Shelf. Yeah, I'll link it in the show notes. That was a lot of fun. And then we also got to give a mega shout out to Ross Radke. Ross Radke. Book club member and amazing artist. And comic book writer. Obviously, last week we were talking about Ross's Kickstarter for Stomped, the kaiju anthology that is going on right now. As of this recording, there are 17 days left to go, and he's at 4194 So we have less than like $800 or around $800 mm-hmm. left to go. Please support Ross. Uh, back this project if you're able to. Check out our episode last week. We talked about all the different tiers of the rewards and just cool stuff. I'm really excited about this comic. And I'm really just proud of Ross You know, yeah. for putting himself out there. Um, I think it's really amazing the amount of work that he's just put out in the last like two or three years you know i mean you think about the stomped comics and the milagro and all the commissions and all that stuff that he does i mean this guy's just constantly going at it so you know kudos to him and let's support him and keep him going there are some amazing tiers you can get some original art you can get just the digital comics if that's all that you can afford you know what i mean you can at least get the digital comics and you can enjoy the art that way so please give what you can check out that kickstarter the links in the show notes and our link tree on our social medias Let's get that $800 capped on here so I can get my kaiju comics already. Oh, yeah. So, like, when I was listening to the episode from last week, I was just, like, you know, so interjected and all that. But I was sitting there thinking about, like, <laughs> it was really cool to hear him talk about, like, uh, that Abe he did for me. Because he was talking about how, like, the ink was running out of his marker. Yeah. And um, he kind of kind of created that watery effect. And I was like... Oh, because I had no idea. It just right. looks so fucking gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, we got to post that one. Do you have like a high-res scan of that? I do, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Please uh, get that over to me, and I'll post that on our social media. I'd love for all of us to check that out. I want to take a closer look at it, yeah, especially yes. after he made that comment. And then, like, you said you had an idea for him, but you didn't want to say. And I understand, because I came up with a really cool idea for, like, the, the nine-card sketch grid. Oh, really? But I'm okay. not going to say. <laughs> What else? Did you have anything? Any other feedback on the on Ross's episode? I had heard of those worms before. <laughs> oh, those worms that yeah. the kaiju was based on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when he asked, I was like, "I know, I know." <laughs> Too bad you can't hear me in the in the future. <laughs> oh man. All right. Yeah. Very cool. So yeah. Shout out to Ross. Check out that Kickstarter. I also want to shout out Peter Winthrop. Peter Winthrop. Book club member. On our last episode, he gave us some feedback, and we were wondering how to pronounce his name. 
Okay. So he responded. He said, hey, pronunciation corner. My family pronounces it Winthrop. All right. There you go. Winthrop. We'll we'll have to tell Danielle when she comes back because she was wondering about that too. Okay. All right. And now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. Get out, trades and floppies. Get out, hardback copies. Digital is fine. Read along in time. We had some feedback from Christopher Egan. Christopher Egan. Book club member. He said, another great episode. I'm interested in occasional movie discussions and humbly offer up my encyclopedic knowledge for chats on any movie I've seen. Oh my God, he's seen so many fucking movies. He's always posting really cool screen grabs of movies and all these different movies on his social media. Check him out on at Tales from the Chris on Instagram. He even ranks like his favorite series. Like uh, he just ranked all the all the, all the Batman Batmans. Movies. I saw it yeah. too, and I saw that he had put the new one as number one. So I was like, "Wow!" Okay. Yeah, I was like, "Wow, that's interesting." Yeah, we were talking about the long box guy at the J. Scott Campbell yes. signing. Mm-hmm. He said, "My body turned inside out from cringing at the long box guy story." I'm always embarrassed to ask for anything more than one item. I met Scott Snyder like five years ago at a shop signing, and like you guys, I arrived super early and was able to hang back before the event started. Nice. I got a few minutes to talk to Scott, and he signed the one item I brought with me and then offered to sign anything people brought of his while there, so I ended up leaving with like seven signed books, but I would have never asked for that. We fans don't deserve some of the wonderful things they're willing to do for us, and rude people with no self-awareness is just one thing that's given the nerdier fandoms a bad look for so long, and makes us deserve them even less. Oh, well Yeah, said. <laughs> that's very well said. And um, yeah, you know, I have met some really generous artists. Um, I'll tell this one story really quick, but we went to Comic Palooza. I forgot what year it was. I think it was like 2014 or 2013. And we met, okay. I met Yannick Paquette, who at the oh, time. Yeah, I remember. I met yeah, him. Yeah, he, he was doing uh, this amazing run on Swamp Thing. And he's done some more amazing Swamp Thing since then. And also like the Wonder Woman year, uh, Earth 2 and stuff like that. Or is it Earth 1? Wonder Woman Earth 1? Anyway, that stuff is really good too. Right, right. He also did like a... Um, <laughs> ultimate x-men and he did this like string of covers that connect together oh yeah and i got him to sign all of them that's right well i didn't get him i asked him to sign yes all yes of them. <laughs> do it now get your pen down here so i had the trade of his run of swamp thing and i you know bought one of his prints and i was like man i, I love the, what you're doing with swamp thing you know would you sign my trade and so he opens up the trade and he just like he takes out his watercolor brush and he just starts painting Swamp Thing oh, wow. in watercolor on the inside of the thing. And I'm just like, like, I can't believe this is happening. And I don't know what to say either, because in my head, I'm thinking, like, did he think that I'm buying a commission? Like, I didn't I don't have the money for a commission. And I don't like what's happening. You know what I mean? Like, this is cool, but also what's happening. And then uh, so he paints this beautiful Swamp Thing head. And with like little flowers coming out of it and stuff like that. Oh, nice! And then he and then he starts handing me back the trade, and he goes, "Oh yeah, you wanted me to sign it." And then so he signs it. Holy and shit! And then he gives that's it amazing. to me, and I was like, "Holy shit, dude!" I was like, "I, I didn't know what to say." You know what I mean? I was just like so thankful. I bought like another one of his prints because like that's all that I could really afford at the time. But it was just so gracious, and it was just like this beautiful painting, you know. And I know that he was doing commissions. So he basically just gave me a free commission because I told him I liked his book, you know, or whatever. Maybe he was bored or maybe, I don't know what possessed him to do that, but it was just extremely kind. And I was just like, wow, you know, just a really cool thing 
to happen. And yeah, that's one of those like cool experiences like Christopher Egan's talking about. That is super awesome. Yeah, really awesome guy. Check out his run on Swamp Thing. We should talk about that at some uh, on some episode. You know, I've never read any Swamp Thing, but I always wanted to. You know, um, there's uh, Bernie Wrightson yeah. uh, has a, has an awesome uh, run on Swamp Things. I've I've started to pick up some of those issues too. Um, we also heard from Ross Radke. Ross Radke, book club member and awesome artist. I, I keep it's weird having to come back and say it and again. Uh, sometimes co-host and sometimes co-host. Check out his Kickstarter. We've got it linked in the show notes. Uh, Regarding Frankenstein Alive Alive, he said, I haven't heard of this series, but I'll definitely check it out. The editions of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and The Stand I read in high school both had the Bernie Wrightson illustrations. Oh, nice. I also think I read Cycle of the Werewolf. I would recommend reading all those. Those are all great books. Uh, Cycle of the Werewolf, that's the one that the movie Silver Bullet's based on. Yes, yes. He says, I had a thought about the Frankenstein's monster debate. I like the idea that the creature took the name Frankenstein as sort of a middle finger to the creator who tried to disown him. Like, you made me, and I'm going to make sure everyone remembers my existence is your fault. Nice. Yeah, so that's a good little spin on that. We also heard from Hayden Orr. Hayden Orr. Book club member and another awesome co-host. Uh, he shared this funny comic on Facebook. He said, this is the conclusion I feel like we ended up with at the end of the episode. It's Frankenstein in a psychiatrist's office. He's on the little couch and he says, I'm not Frankenstein's monster. I'm my own monster. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that was a good comic. We also got a hate him guys from Wes Matthijs. Wes Matthijs. Book club member, co-host, yes. uh, Baltimore episodes. Awesome. Wes says, beautiful read. Bernie Wrightson is definitely in the goat club for horror illustrations. Some might say his work is masterful. I'm sad to say this book has been on my shelf uh, and read list for a while, but thanks to the book club and Hayden Noor, I'm checking it off. And this book did not disappoint. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad that he already had it. He's like, okay, now I got to read this. That's, that's so awesome. cool. That's so cool. Uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein was one of my favorite books growing up, and the monster was like a superhero or a superhuman, just like Spider-Man, as Hayden says. I love seeing those scenes represented in comic form as well, just like you damn guys. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. That was I was super psyched to see those depictions from the book in the comic. I'll have to really read that book one day. You uh, you should check it out on Audible, too. I mean, it's on there, you know. Um, yeah. That, that's how oh, I... That's, that's what I'll probably say. Yeah, that's do. what... <laughs> but like... Um, if you do that, I would love to lend you the Bernie Wrightson, so that way you can just like flip through it, flip through it, and see the pictures and stuff like that. Okay. We also heard from Clayton Schofield. Clayton Schofield, book club member. Yes. He said uh, that knowledge nugget was gold, Jerry Gold. When um, Hayden talked about the <laughs> Dracula versus Frankenstein in real life connection and that all that stuff. That was amazing. Yeah, that was really cool. We got another one from Hayden Orr. Book club member, co-host, awesome guy. Yeah. Check out his podcast. Do it. Last book on the shelf. Ross Radke, book club, odds, and ends drawer resident. <laughs> <laughs> Great episode, you damn guys. And Aubrey, I hope you're feeling better. I think you I am. I just had the worst of migraines last week. It was... Yeah. Um, that's not... That doesn't sound fun. Yeah, no. When y'all were recording, I was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I backed the Kickstarter, and I'm excited to read the next issue of Stomp Series. Ross has a really created an interesting and cool world with this series. And aside from Ultra Mega and some the Godzilla comics, there's not enough good kaiju giant monster comics out there. So, so glad Ross decided to fix that problem with Stomped. Yes, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah there uh, aren't a lot of popular comics like that around. All right, yeah, thank you for all the listener feedback. 
And now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. And this week, Aubrey and I thought that we would have a very Spidey special. Yes. Talk about some Spider-Man, and which is so funny because the new Batman movie is coming out. We're going to talk about Spider-Man. Um, we're, well, we are timely. <laughs> yes, we are timely. And so, um, but I thought it would be fun to have just a discussion about Spider-Man, just in general, yeah. uh, before we get into the comic. Just talking about, like, what was your first introduction to Spider-Man? Okay, so... It's either going to be The Electric Company or Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. Yeah. I do not remember which one it starts. Probably The Electric Company. Okay. But when I knew I really got into Spidey, it was from Spidey and His Amazing Friends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, me too. Uh, Spidey and His Amazing Friends, but also the Nicholas Hammond live action. Oh, right. That was yeah. one of the first things that I saw. And like, there are some panels, there are some parts where they like pull out really far and you mm-hmm. see him going up the building. And I remember thinking like, what the hell like how did they do that like i remember just having my mind blown as a kid and like remember his webs would like swing out or they would vaguely yeah. it was like a weird like they would do this weird like loop or whatever anyway i really i yeah that was all really good stuff oh man i remember i didn't see that until way later i was way way older in life and then like so when i started watching it i'm like what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> At the time, I thought it was really cool. I think I oh. missed out on the Electric Company, though. Oh well, the Electric Company was like you know it was like all like live action, but it was all thought bubbles. In oh, so, see, yeah, I, uh, I missed was, out on that because it was about uh, you know getting kids learn how to read and things like that. Mm. Um, but I really remember uh, um, Spider Man is Amazing Friends. Uh, that was like when I was in like the first grade and like when recess we would play Spider-Man and his amazing wow, friends. Wow, okay. Uh, for some reason I always really dug Iceman because of the way he like froze in that block and burst out. Yeah. Um, that sound is forever in my head whenever yes. anyone says Iceman. I just think of that or whatever. Yeah, fucking yeah. so good. <laughs> um, I was mad in the movie when he did the ice sled that they didn't do some version of that sound. No, I was like they should have done some version of it like updated modern but do something like that (laughs) i don't really remember it all that well i don't remember the show all that well i just remember in the opening credits like dr doom was in there yeah and that's for the longest time i thought doom was a spider-man villain oh yeah (laughs) yeah well i mean there are one of my we were talking about this before the show started one of my favorite issues of spider-man is him versus dr doom right yeah i think it's like amazing spider-man 350 and 351 or it might be 349 and 350 but anyway Maybe we'll talk about that on a on a future episode. Yeah. What's some of your favorite story arcs? When I first started getting into Spider Man and getting into comics, yeah. Um, like I I don't know if you remember I was collecting a run, so I have like the com- I have every issue between two hundred to three hundred, and okay. then I even have past three hundred. So I have like a good chunk of issues there, and all that stuff is like I mean. You've got the fucking Craven's Last Hunt in there. Yeah. Um, you've got the Hobgoblin stuff in there, mm-hmm. which is, it, that's kind of a hit and miss, but most of it's good. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff is really good. Uh, like I said, that Spider-Man Doctor Doom story, I really like that one. I really liked the Todd McFarlane stuff. You know, we, yeah. we talked about that, the Torment, uh, one through five, and um, there was like, some issues with Ghost Rider, and then there was like some oh, issues yeah. with Wolverine and the Wendigo. Yeah, I loved that story. It was called Perceptions or something like that. And then it was a then it was a black suit Spidey story. Yeah, and then the crossover with X Force. Yes, and there was like a Morbius one or something yeah. like that in there. Yeah, I mean, I was a big fan of. Oh, that's all the of black that. suit one. Oh, is that the black suit yeah. one? Yeah, 
I'm trying to think what other Spidey stories. I got really into Ultimate Spider-Man. Fuck, I have the entire run. Yeah, of, you, of the you, Peter Parker Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, we 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 both. I think we were both getting into that at mm-hmm. the same time and reading that together. Spider-Man Blue is oh, so is good. one of my favorites, and that's one actually that Danielle turned me on to. I hadn't read that one until we got together, and she was like, "You haven't read this? Okay, read this right now." Also, the death of Gwen Stacy. I'd never read that before yeah. until I got with Danielle, and she had a copy of it, and she was like, "Oh, this is actually really good. You should read it." So I haven't read as much on the between the two and three hundred as I would like, but I mean, I have like certain key issues, like the one where Ned leads with the, is uh, the Hobgoblin, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, I have both covers of the annual where the she got where they got married. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. have those. Well, the the one where he was in the in the tux, I had that. I've had that since I was a kid, and I used to read it over and over right. again. <laughs> I don't know why. I just really like that was yeah, a really good Spidey yeah. story. But like when I first started collecting, it was uh, when McFarlane was doing the art, and um, I was at this like so we used to go to these like grocery expo like things. It was like a big thing in Alabama or in Birmingham because nothing else to do, right? Uh, yeah. And so you would go and you go to see all these vendors and they would give you like things. And one day there, were, one year there was a guy dressed up as Spider Man with a stack of fucking the Spider Man comics, all all McFarlane run. Wow. Um, signing them and just giving them out because it was like a promotion. Ruining thing. them for yeah. collect. I'm just kidding. Basically. <laughs> But he, he, he handed them out to kids, trying to get kids into comics yeah. and all that. And so, like, I got a couple of them, and they were signed. But then I was able to actually snack a couple that weren't. Oh, sweet. So Even like, back then, you were like, <laughs> And so it was like, um, you know, like the one where Venom was on top of him. Oh, man. That is such a classic issue. The, all that stuff where, like, he... The makes... one where they're getting kicked out of the apartment at Christmas. Oh, that's a great issue, too. Um, yeah. Like, and there was a few... The, there was like those are all around three hundred. Yeah, it's like three twenty three. It's somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. And so, but um, yeah. Okay, so because Venom's first appearance is three hundred, so it would have to be after that. Yeah. So they didn't have three hundred or three hundred one, but they uh-huh. had they had ones around those. Wow, that's pretty fucking uh, sweet. Yeah. And so, like, I, I I got all this, and I was just like, holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Literally amazing. Exactly. <laughs> it's sensational. Oh man, and then um. I started reading it from there, and then that just read through the McFarland and the um, Eric Larson stuff. Yeah. But then in the 90s, when I moved from Alabama to Texas, I just stopped collecting comics for like 10 years. Right, right. Um, and so I got back into Spider-Man from Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was a great like gateway back. And that was that's a fucking great run, too. I mean, oh, I don't know, man. So that shit is really good. Like, I was looking through the omnibus uh, that I have, and like I, I was like, one. man, this shit like, holds up really well. Well, remember, we went to Barnes & Noble's together. They the, yep. They were on sale, and I was like, let's they... go get these Spider-Man omnibuses. And we went. We both went with the explicit purpose of getting these Ultimate Spider-Man omnibuses. Because they were on the, uh, the clearance table. Yes, they were on the clearance table. And man, that was a great buy. I'm oh, so happy that so we got good. those. <laughs> it was one of the best books I ever bought. Oh. Um, and then more recently, I loved all the Dan Slot Superior Spider-Man, oh, Spidey Eye. I thought that was great. I loved Spider-Verse. I thought that was that stuff was really good. I even read like a bunch of the Edge of the Spider-Verse stuff. And... Oh man. So um I stopped collecting Spider-Man when they did the one more day storyline. Yeah. I got the first I got the first issue of that, and I'm all like, I know what they're doing. I'm not on board. Yeah. So I canceled all my Spider-Man titles, but then I jumped back on. <laughs> With Superior. Yeah, I took a big break until around then. Yeah, I think oh, or like when they did Spider-Man 700 or somewhere around yeah. there, I ju- I had like ju- just jumped on or something like that. Yeah, because um, that was when, uh, that, that's when he, um, Doc Ock put himself in the brain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got those issues around that. And then yeah. I was like, I'm just going to read this uh, Superior Spider-Man. It's probably not going to be any good, but I just want to see what's going on. 
the whole thing was fucking amazing. It was really good. I I, I don't get the hate for Dan Slott um, because <sighs> I I thought that stuff was really really just awesome and so much fun. And then um, I kept reading it, and that led into uh, Spider Verse. Yeah, and. Holy shit, that was probably my most favorite Spider-Man story in the last few years. It was really cool, yeah. I even liked The Other, and I know people hated that oh, one. I like that. I, I liked that, too. I read all that stuff, so anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, I was going to bring that up. The J. The J. Michael Stravinsky run. Yeah. I remember, um, I think it was like you and I, we were going to, it was when we went to go see Pearl Jam, or we went to go see Tool, and we stayed at your parents' house in San Antonio. Yes. You're like, it was Pearl Jam. Okay, some, I think you handed me like the first trade. Of uh, the J. Michael Stravinsky run. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, I read that and I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. And I went out and got like a lot of it and then like started collecting. <laughs> yeah, because that's what got me back into collecting the Spider-Man because I was doing only Ultimate at the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was some good stuff. I mean, man, those were good times. <laughs> that was some really good stuff. Okay, so um, what about the movies? So who's your, what? what is okay. your favorite? Okay, so I know that. They're all they're all good. Yeah, yeah and, we, and ranking people is wrong or whatever. But we're nerds and we're a podcast, and this is what we do. So, who's your favorite Spider Man? Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah, I I would have to agree. Like I was kind of thinking, and that's the conclusion that I came to eventually. I really wanted to pick Andrew Garfield. Oh, because he's so good. Because I think he looks a lot like he looks a lot like Peter, like like what the comics and even the Nicholas Hammond Spider Man, like he kind of looks like that. Mm-hmm. And when that first movie came out, I was actually really excited about it because I was like, oh, I love how he's got like the Brooklyn Queens accent. Yeah, he's kind of like uh, making the quips and oh, being yeah. silly and stuff like that and i was like oh i really like this but those movies just weren't good oh no like those movies just weren't good they didn't give him a lot to work with and it's like in this new movie that just came out he was so good i thought oh, he stole so the movie good. and so i think it's really close between him not that there's anything wrong with toby Maguire because that's the one that i like grew up with like that's the yeah. first spider-man i saw and i mean we're, we're, they're all fucking a-list they're all good notch but i think like you have to recognize that toby Maguire and andrew garfield were like 20 something year old men when they played spider-man Fucking- and tom holland is like actually a kid and i think he captures because of his age i think he captures a lot of that yeah. youth and well yeah toby mcguire is like my age right <laughs> so, so he's supposed to be playing like a high school kid right and i'm like no <laughs> He's my age, damn it. Yeah, yeah. But fucking shit, man. Uh, my favorite Spider-Man movie to this day is still Spider-Man 2. Yes. I would agree, man. Yeah. I fucking love Spider-Man 2. God. It's like, okay, here's what I was thinking. I was just like, Andrew Garfield was, I like, I think he was a great Spider-Man. And I think he and Emma Watson had great chemistry mm-hmm. together. And their stuff is the stuff I like about the Amazing Spider-Man yes, movies. Yes, that's true. It's everything around the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Like, Let's go to a subway with some extra coins and find out about Peter's parents. You know, you know that popular thing from the comic, Peter's parents. You know, oh. it's in all the comics. It's the most popular storyline. Okay. What happened to Peter's parents? Everybody loves that that story. You know that. You know uh, the one I'm talking about. <laughs> fucking his damn parents. Nobody cares. They even did the. the oh, I don't get it. But um. And as much as I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man, his movies are really the furthest away from the comic Spider-Man in Betrayal. But I mean, I think his Spider-Man is the closest 
two Spider-Man. That's interesting. Yeah, um, you're right. But like, you know, because I mean, you know, they are the furthest away. Because I mean, I don't want to say it because I'm not criticizing. I love those movies. How he's like a Iron Man Junior or something. Exactly. Like that. But you know what? I don't really give a shit, to be honest with you. But uh, when it comes to Spider-Man 2, I feel like that is the perfect representation of a Spider-Man story in a movie form. That's a great way to put that. I love the way you said that. And I and I totally agree with the Tom Holland. I think he... But I think, like, um, spoilers for No Way Home. Yeah. Uh, but I think they've kind of tried to reset that. Oh, totally. So I feel like the next three movies are are going to be oh. we're, we're going to get that yes. you know what i mean they kind of had to bring him down to pull him back up anyway so that that, that is exciting yeah uh, i'm excited to see what they're going to do with that and i um i actually just rewatched uh, the toby and the uh, andrew spider-man stuff uh, right leading up to no way home yeah yeah um, well you have them all on the digital yeah. yeah so i was checking them out too i was also like i'm gonna go watch all of these again when I was watching the first one, Kathy was watching it with me. She's like, "These special effects are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they don't they, they don't hold up really well." But, but th- there is this part on Spider Man Two, and it has always blown me away. And every time I watch it, it still blows me away. So there's Doc Ock and Spidey are fighting on the subway. That is, and then so good. There's this one shot that it's like it's like a POV shot of someone who's just watching it, and you just see the train go by. And you see them on it as it's going by. You see that they're fighting. It's just one really quick shot. But that shot always blows me away because it oh, looks so real. Good. It looks like that's fucking crazy. It looks like these people are on top of a train fighting as it's passing by. It's like it's really good. Um, I really enjoy that that part of the movie. That's one of my favorite parts. That whole scene, that whole train scene is so good. Fuck. I mean, they've even used it in like the fucking Spider-Verse movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, okay, Spider-Verse is probably the best Spider-Man movie. Sure. Um, I would agree with that. It's so good. <laughs> it, 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 it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Um, the Miles Morales stuff is really good, too. Oh, I, yeah. I, we didn't talk about that as much, but I do enjoy what they're doing with that character. I'm glad that they brought him over, you know, from oh, the yeah. ulti- they brought him over from the Ultimate into the regular MCU. Or that's, not the MCU, the 616 or whatever. That's actually one thing I was a lo- slightly disappointed in No Way Home, is that they didn't, like, hint at Miles at any. Well, there's a scene where he runs through Feast. Oh, okay. And so that's where his mom works or something like that. Okay. Or it, okay. Well, Aunt May worked there too. And I guess like you haven't played the PlayStation games. I have not. But Miles <laughs> working at Feast plays into the game a lot. Oh, okay. And and that's actually from the comic too. Okay. Um, that organization Feast and Miles. Is, so I figure he's still a little kid. Yeah. No. Because yeah. well, I remember they, they showed Donald Glover. Right, in, in, right. Um, homecoming. Uh, there's even like a deleted scene where like you see him sitting there, like his hands still uh, webbed to the car, and he's all like talking to his nephew, and he's like, "Hey, you know, um, I'm not gonna be able to make it." Oh. I would have figured it's been a five years since then because of the snap. He would be maybe a little older. Maybe he's only like ten now. Right, right. Yeah. But anyway, <sighs> but they're gonna do it eventually. They will, especially after the. You know, Tom Holland's apparently going to do three more movies, and then he'll probably do more after that, but they'll probably start fading him out, or I don't know. We'll see. It'd be nice if the next three movies kind of, like, starts with Tom and ends with Miles. That would be cool, too. Yeah. 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 Well, okay, that's another question. What 
other versions of Spider-Man do you like? Oh, um, <laughs> that's a great question. You know, one of my favorites has always been the doppelganger Spider-Man. That's the one with the, the, arm, the, the extra the arms? The arms and like the weird demonic face or whatever. I just yeah. always have thought. I just like the design of that one. I really liked uh, the Kane Scarlet Spider when it was set in Houston. Oh, man. I can't believe I didn't think of that. So we were so into that. I don't know if people have read that. They did the Scarlet Spider. It was the Kane Parker yeah right the cl- he's one of the clones or yeah. something so he was like uh he was all disfigured in the clone saga but then he got fixed during um spider island yes and then it led into his like scarlet spider series yeah so um scar and what's interesting about scarlet spider is it takes place in houston which is where we are yeah and when that title came out chris yost and ryan stegman came down and they did signings all over houston to promote the book yeah um, because it was set here and it was really cool. And I remember Chris Yost, he said, he was like, as long as this story is going on, Spider-Man will stay in Houston. He's like, he's he's not going to leave Houston. Now, it only went for 25 issues. But he he did hold up his promise and keep him in Houston because everyone was like, oh, well, he's only going to be in here for the first five issues and then they're going to, you know, whatever. But And it was really funny because there's no buildings anywhere so there's even a scene in the comic where he like goes to swing and he's like there's nothing there's nowhere to swing <laughs> so he has, he has to like get on a car or on a truck yeah and go across the city like that. <laughs> because i don't know everybody knows about houston is like the downtown where the skyscrapers are is right in the center and it's not that big it really isn't yeah and, and like most of houston is just flat sprawl yes exactly so they, they even incorporate that into the comic which i thought was yeah. really fun and uh yeah i loved that comic that was great yeah scarlet spider good stuff man i felt like it was just getting an interview when it got canceled i know and then uh, they put scarlet spider like on a team uh, they put him on like um thunderbolts i think oh okay something like that yeah um, but he was like the rude Spider-Man. Like he would like beat the shit out of people he and would like fucking almost murder people. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun series. I fucking loved that, man. I'm glad you brought uh, that up. It was so good. I fucking love Miles. Uh, love Spider Gwen. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, Spider Gwen is amazing. Um, I love all of Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider Woman is good. Uh, um, there was a great Spider Woman uh, miniseries that was done by Brian Michael Bendis and, and Alex, Alex Maleev. Yeah, that's some great stuff. They even did his emotion comic. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's some good stuff. The Luna Brothers also did a Spider Woman Origin miniseries that's oh, really nice. good um, that I really enjoyed as well. I have not read that. It's it's worth checking out. It's probably okay. on the Marvel app. Probably, I'll check it out. There's also the Jessica. Jennifer Carpenter, Jessica Carpenter. Oh yeah, Julie Carpenter. Julie Carpenter. That's the other Spider Woman uh, in the black suit. Right? She had the black suit before Peter did. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, Silk. Yes, I liked Silk. Yeah, I liked um, Silk. Too. I, I thought that was really cool too. That like, um, they uh, she got bitten by the same. So uh, spoiler, if I mean Silk's been out for years, but like, like it's, basically it's like ten years ago. <laughs> but basically, they retconned like she also got bit by the same spider as Peter, and then. When someone recognized that she was going to, like, have power, so they, like, socially isolated her. Yeah. And they, like, kept her locked up, and then so she doesn't get out until she's already grown up, and she's honed her powers, but she doesn't know anything about being in society. Yeah. Um, and I, li- I like that character. I, I have, I, I think I have, like, the first couple issues. Oh, that's a really good costume, too. Yes, it's amazing. <laughs> that's a great fucking costume. You're absolutely right. Fucking, because, you know, Spider-Gwen was never supposed to... Uh... It wasn't originally meant to be as like an ongoing or anything, but it just the character was just so well received. Right, right. They went, I think that you know 
Spider-Gwen kind of stole a little the thunder from Cindy Moon. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, really. Um, but that just lets her go off to be her own own type of character. Yeah. Yeah. Did you remember the Black Cat? I, I can't help but think of the Black Cat, uh, the Kevin Smith Black Cat Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. I think I have that one. Yeah, the, that was, that the was evil that men do. Yeah, that, was, that was a good. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about it is, is like. It that, had good parts, but. It, it was, all... he put out two issues and then it was like a couple of years. Before right. He put out three and four. And then in between those years, he came up when that's when the story kind of shifted. Isn't yes, it did shift. It shifted in a very weird way. Anyway, you can skip that one. Yeah, skip um. it. <laughs> Art's good. Yeah, the art is good. There are some good parts of it. Anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, show Kevin Smith because I do like him. But yeah, no, Black Cat. I'll always love Black Cat. I wish we could see Black Cat in the in the movies, but I don't want to. You think that she can actually meet uh, Tom Holland, Peter? Because that would just feel weird. <laughs> oh, could she? Oh, right. Could she meet? Because he's so young, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I could totally see they putting Felicia Hardy with Andrew Garfield's. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. I guess, I mean, they'd have to make her the same age. They'd have yeah. to make her like a similar age as him. So that way it wouldn't be weird. Spider-Man's got his own Catwoman. <laughs> what about uh, what about video games? Um, oh, so the the, the PlayStation games are obviously the best one. They're fucking incredible. But I loved Shattered Dimensions. Oh, I remember that. We we were playing that at the same time. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. a good one. I fucking love that game. I've replayed that game like I don't know how many times. I actually bought it on um, Xbox or whatever on Xbox Live. Nice. Just so that way I could play it whenever I wanted. Uh, do you remember Ultimate Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah, I do yeah. remember that one. I played that one a couple of times. That um, one was really good. The Spider-Man Two video game had the best like web swinging, or they that, that, oh, that's when yeah. they like honed yeah, it in. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because I remember the first Spider-Man game, like you couldn't even like there was no ground to drop. On. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the first time I played the Spider-Man Two video game, I like fell to the ground. I'm like, ah, oh, and it's like, oh, there's ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that one was a lot of fun. I'm yeah. trying to think. I like um, I like Spider-Man and the Marvel versus Capcoms. Yes. I'm trying to think of what other things. There was Ooh. something I was thinking of, and I lost it. Anyway, go ahead. Do you remember, uh, back to, I guess, the comic a little bit. Do you remember reading Avengers versus X-Men? Yes. There's a fight in there where Spider-Man takes on like the couple of the Phoenix or something like that. I think he takes in on Colossus and Magic. Oh, wow. Um, and he pretty much almost gets his ass handed to him. <laughs> but just the that story and how Peter wouldn't quit, it's just, that was such a really good one. And actually, that's the highlight of the comic because I feel like the Avengers vs. X-Men comic dropped off. Yeah, yeah. Right I don't remember it that. being very good. I don't remember that part, though. I have to go back and check it out. I think I have all those issues. Yeah, I remember, like, I was enjoying it up until that point, And then, like, it was, like, two issues, two more issues, and they just spent, like, the whole thing going here's gonna be the new story arcs for the going forward right kind of thing. right like, <laughs> what about animated series animated series i used i used to have all the um i used to have them like on a hard drive all the fox spider-man right radioactive spider-man but like the 90s um, the 90s, the 90s but like um spider-man his amazing friends so we, oh, yeah. we, we brought that up earlier like i remember watching that as a kid but then I I loved those episodes. I had them all on a hard drive before they were even on streaming. Because now you can just yeah, stream them. They're all on Disney Plus. Right but now. like when Danielle and I first moved in together, uh, she had never seen those, and we would watch them all the time. We became obsessed with oh, them. Oh wow! And like so then, but it wasn't. But it's different because when you watch them now as an adult, you just make fun of it. Because it's so silly, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. They've got the little dog in there. Fucking Mrs. Mrs. Lyons? So, yeah, Miss Lyon or something like that. And then, uh, so, they, so they, this is so stupid. In the very opening of the 
of the thing you know they're all hanging out in peter's room and then everything turns turns around and it's like this oh like, yeah the, the the computers and yeah. all that stuff but we would always joke that um, it looks like Iceman is doing coke off the. <laughs> <laughs> Iceman, I, Iceman is like he's like on the oh. coffee table and it's like a clear thing and then it like flips over to turn into a console. But like right before anyway. Oh, I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, oh. you can infer a lot of inappropriate things when you rewatch that as an adult, and we would just like be just hanging out and watching that and just like cracking ourselves up you know what i mean and so that that show has a new a whole other meaning for me now oh that's um, so awesome just because like we would just watch it and just laugh at it you know it's oh. a, that, that's probably my favorite spider-man has amazing friends that's probably my favorite cartoon um the fucking saddest thing in the spider-verse is when they had that one like when that because he did a lot of one pages dealing with certain spider-man and it was like fucking spider-man is amazing friends they were all dead and then the dog is like Oh yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like fucking. How can you do this to me, Dan Slot? That's right. They did do that. I forgot about that. Oh man. Yeah, but I actually became a, a big fan of Firestar too. Like I when I got oh her, yeah, I got her first appearance and stuff like that, and her miniseries. And yeah, I think I got. I even have a commission of Firestar that I got from somebody. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Firestar originated on Amazing Friends. Yeah, she did, and then she was uh, introduced in the X Men like yeah. like soon after. Uh, she was part of the New Warriors when I was reading that. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a fun series. Yeah. Um, did you ever watch the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon? I, is that the one that was on MTV? No, that was. Uh, I think it was just called Spider-Man. That's a 3D one with no Patrick Harris. Uh, yeah. I think this one was a little bit after that. It got canceled. Um, so they could do Ultimate Spider-Man. No, I missed the. I, I missed out on. Oh those. my god, that one was so good. I was just, like watching it, and I was just like, it. It felt like they blended the classic uh spidey with ultimate spidey because okay. uh, it's like they were in high school gwen is his best friend but yeah it's gwen and not uh mary jane nice and they they can tell like she has feelings for him or i can't remember because i didn't get to see the whole thing but and it's not streaming anywhere it's, it's well i guess i there's no way to check it out but i always like go to these um old dvd stores yeah, and say, stuff like they, that they, they have some episodes on dvd i'm sure there's like a gazillion things that i'm forgetting i know I, I was thinking like man I, I know as soon as we finish i'm gonna be like ah, oh, i didn't mention this one thing no i liked um the ramones did the spider-man theme yes. for the saturday morning cartoons i actually saw the ramones in 1995 with pearl nice. jam and they played that they that's played that awesome. spider-man theme at the concert it was pretty cool oh man that's so good yeah uh, <laughs> Fuck, man, yeah, watching that 60s cartoon is fucking wild. <laughs> is that the Electric Company one, or? No, 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 the, the 1960s Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, that's the, oh, okay, that's the original original, right? That's where all yeah. the memes are from and everything. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite one is, um, <laughs> New York is, like, frozen over, and Spidey's pointing at it and goes, shit's frozen. <laughs> When We're the, so stupid. When the uh, freeze happened last year, I put when I had internet, I posted it to Facebook. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, when I had the pleasure of meeting George Perez, uh, it was when all the Superior Spider-Man stuff was coming out, and I had one of those blank covers, nice. and I had him draw Superior Spider-Man, um, and it was really cool because. He drew him with, like, his hand up because you knew how he, he had those little, like, claws yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like, to kind of show, like, which, oh. I don't know. I thought that was cool that That's he decided so awesome. to do that because he was like, well, this distinguishes him a little bit from the other 
one. So I'm going to put this detail in there. Anyway, I'll share oh. that on our social media. Thinking about George Perez a lot lately. And so I was thinking about that too. Oh, I got him to draw Spider-Man for me. That's one of the few Spider-Man commissions I have. That is amazing. I met Terry Moore, um, who did Strangers in Paradise. I asked him to draw Spider-Man. Nice. And um, <clears throat> so he drew, it's a like a cityscape and it's Mary Jane in the Spider-Man costume swinging around and nice. peter's peter's yelling out the window mary jane or something like that like she took his costume or something like that anyway i thought that was a cute little spin on it you know the artist uh, jessica von braun right yeah. yeah for those who don't know she's a local texas artist uh she's really fun and talented. yeah we'll link her in the show notes yeah i got a commission from her and i asked her if she would do spidey and she's like she said like i always swear i would never do that character but i'll do it for you wow that's awesome <laughs> yeah that's a cool commission one time uh, danielle and i met mike mccone at a con and he mm-hmm. did it he did an amazing spider gwen for her nice um so i'll share all these awesome commissions that we have yeah good discussion mm-hmm. all right and let us know some of your favorite spidey things or remind Moments, us of all the movies, stuff that we missed yeah costumes fuck favorite costume Favorite co- the black costume. Black costume. The black costume, without a doubt. Black I am um, yes. when I was young and I was going to comic shops. You know, you go look and you look at all the statues. Yes. You know, and there was a Bowen statue of Spider Man, and he's just like standing, um, and he looks all awesome. And then they had like the red and blue version, and they had the black suit version. Ooh. And I remember telling my brother, when I get older and I have money, I'm gonna buy that black suit statue. Yes, you know what I mean. And I have it. I do have it. Yeah, I, I have that statue. It's on. It's with all my comics. That's one of my favorite. Yeah, that's my favorite costume, hands down. The only Spider-Man statue I have is uh, was a gift from Albert, um, and uh, it's from the Amazing Spider-Man Two. But it's really cool. He's like standing like on this kind of double ledge kind of thing yeah i'll, I'll snap a picture to yeah send this. me a picture yeah. we'll post all of our spider-man gear online yeah very cool awesome and now we're actually getting to our book club episode for the week this week we're talking about the amazing spider-man 329 aubrey you picked this issue you want to talk a little bit about why you picked this okay so john texted me uh the other day and he's all like hey it's probably just going to be the two of us I have a couple ideas. What you think of any ideas, let me know. And I was just like, okay, I'll think of something. And then I immediately thought of this because I follow Eric Larson on Twitter. And um, yeah, somebody uh, posted something like, this looks kind of like Eric Larson's art. And Eric Larson's like, that doesn't look anything like mine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. But then I started thinking about it. I was like, man. And then I kind of Googled this cover. And I was just like, fuck, man. Eric Larson is so good. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like, I, rem- I remembered that, and I texted you, and I was like, how about we do this? And I texted you the, the cover for 329, and you're like, okay. Yeah, I was just like, great, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty quick. Like, from my point of view, we were like, I don't know, we'll figure out something. And then, like, within a couple minutes, you texted me the cover, and I was like, holy shit, all right, let's do that. Yeah, so. I don't know. I was, I was sitting on my couch before I had to go to work, <laughs> and then, um, so I was just like, and this is just like, this is a comic I read all the time when I was a kid. Like, I didn't read the entire... I mean, I've read the entire Cosmic Spidey thing a couple times and all that, except for the Hulk issue. I didn't get that one until way later in life. Because okay, so talk about a little bit about this, because this comic takes place... This one came out on February 1st, 1990, and it's part of the... Acts, it's the aftermath to the Acts of Vengeance storyline. Acts of Vengeance is a comic book crossover storyline that ran through several titles published by Marvel Comics from December 1989 to February 1990. It's basically a storyline where Loki... Gets together all the bad guys like Kingpin and Magneto. Right. And but this is all of a sudden Magneto's a bad guy again because he had been a good guy, the head of the mutants. Right, right. Time. Well, he tries to get Namor too, and Namor's like, I'm not a bad guy anymore. Exactly. <laughs> uh, fucking Doctor Doom.
Doom, fucking the wizard, and they're like, why don't you guys switch enemies? Right. <laughs> they mainly ran through like the the Avengers titles, and this one they had done like several X Men storylines, um, you know, crossovers like the Fall of the Mutants. And oh right, Inferno right, yes, and stuff yes. like that. And they're like, well, let's do one of the Avengers titles. Sure. And okay. then, um, but then they had like, I guess crossovers or something because like uh, these are in the corner box right in the in the front of the issue it says acts of vengeance yeah and so like on the main ones it'd be like right above the title and these are just like in the corner like this is an acts of vengeance tie-in tie-in there you go that's the word yeah yeah and so the spider-man was a tie-in and at the start of it like he gets attacked by gravitron well the other thing is the the other thing i wanted to mention is in spider-man he also has the cosmic powers. Yeah, talk about this a little bit because that's an. It's like the acts of vengeance storyline is going on, but then this other thing is going on with Spider Man, and then they're both meeting in this. Exactly, issue. he meets up with Gal- Gra- Galvatron. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy, I'm Galvatron. I'll crush you the way I crush Prime. Come out, Autobot. We all must die sometime. He starts off and he fights Gravitron and he gets his ass handed to him. And then the next one is the spectacular Spider-Man and he fights the trapster, Pastepot Pete. (laughs) (laughs) And he almost gets his hands handed to him. And then he goes to school and he gets in a lab accident and he all of a sudden has cosmic powers. There you go. That's what happens. And then from then on then, every person they send after him, he just beats him in like one punt. (laughs) It's like all of a sudden he's like shooting lasers out of his hands. Exactly. He He can can fly. fly. (laughs) He can change the molecular structure of anything he touches to anything. Oh, man. But if you haven't read the Cosmic Storyline, dude, it's so good. It's so goofy. Yeah, it is really silly. I mean, uh, (laughs) whenever the villains get together, it's like they always have to pump in that they're doing an axe of vengeance. If you were doing a drinking game, you would fucking die for as many times as they say that. (laughs) Because it's like, this is our axe of vengeance, not our act of pettiness. (laughs) Well, but you went and you read through all of it, Oh, yeah, I I read the whole thing. (laughs) Man, it's so goofy. You got like, because it's like Kingpin and... Doctor Doom are sitting around talking about villains. He goes, "Well, you guys have never fought Spider-Man before," and I'm just like, "Kingpin, I've seen Spider-Man, and this is something new and different, and blah blah blah." And it's just like, <laughs> and Doom's like, "Whatever Spider-Man's powers are, they have to be mine. But it's my right to own Spider-Man's powers, right? Because I'm an axe of vengeance." TM trademark, <laughs> patent pending. So in this issue, uh, um, he's already got the power cosmic. The Avengers beat Loki because it was all Loki's idea. Yes, and it was like um, because Loki, it was a grudge against Thor, right? Because Thor was with the Avengers yeah. or something like that, right? And so Loki's like, "I'm going to leave them something to remember me by." And so that's what we get here, and we get this um, cover here. It's like Spider-Man about to be um, stomped by the Trisentinel. Yeah, yeah. It is so awesome. It's uh, the covers by Eric Larson and Al Gordon. Nice. Um, oh, which we didn't get to the other thing. This issue was written by David Michaelini. Pencils by Eric Larson's, inks by Andy Mushinsky, letters by Rick Parker, and colors by Bob Sharon. So the cover and the interior are, have different inkers. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love this cover. It's a very, like, memorable cover, too. As soon as you texted to me, I was like, oh, I, ha- I know I have that issue. You know when you see a cover and you go, <clears throat> I know I have that issue. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, oh, yeah. I love how he's, like, he's able to keep himself from getting stomped on. You know, it's kind of like showing... <sighs> 
it's kind of hinting at that power cosmic. Yeah, and it's like, you know, the ground is all cracked under him. And and this design of the Tri-Sentinel is so good. Yeah, it's really cool. I remember seeing this. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> we open on a warehouse-sized laboratory at the East Coast headquarters of Shaw Industries. Sebastian Shaw is reviewing the three giant Sentinels, and he's very impressed with the work that has been done. And he's not easily impressed. And he's also not Kevin Bacon. Oh, I know. <laughs> I love that. I love he Kevin so Bacon. Good in that. He was fucking great. Yeah, that's a that's a great performance. Man, we gotta we gotta do this with X Men now. <laughs> I love this um, opening page with the three Sentinels. Oh, it's so good. Really cool design on those. I like how they're kind of different too. You know, yeah. Um, they're kind of like uh, different. They're different. Uh, one's purple. One's but it's like purple? throughout the years no. too, because I feel like the the one on the left is like more the classic, yeah. And then the one in the middle looks like more like one of the Nimrod ones or something like that. Oh right, right. Shaw wants these uh, Sentinels for Project Nimrod, the new government secret program to destroy mutants, which is I always thought was weird because Shaw is a mutant. Yeah. Right, that's weird. Yeah, he wants them to send him after Spider Man, and he's he's concerned that Spider Man's new powers might challenge the Sentinels. And Brunson says that they are working on why Spider-Man has new powers, and he just discovered Spidey's new powers manifested when Dr. Max Labish was conducting experiments with an unknown energy field, and Sean wants to have a little talk with him. I like this uh, this bottom panel on the left where Shaw is like grinning. That's like a very oh, so it's just good. like a very nice detail. I like the the depiction on the face, and that's a, just the classic Eric Larson face right there. Oh yeah, he's wearing his classic colors. He doesn't look exactly like he did when he was in the Hellfire Club. Right, yeah, but he's got the, the style going. But he's still wearing the purple. <laughs> and during the Cosmic Spider-Man storyline, Mary Jane became an actress. <laughs> okay. Is that the first time that she became an actress? Yes, I... yes. Okay, well, okay, so during the McFarlane run, like, she was a model, and there was a guy that was obsessed with her, and he basically set out to ruin her life because she wouldn't leave Peter for him. Um, and so he got her, you know, fired as a model, got her kicked out of their apartment. That led all of them moving into uh, Aunt May's house. Okay. And then they went from Aunt May's house to the current apartment that they're in now. It's a loft, and the building is owned by um, uh, Harry. Oh, okay. But doing all that, like Mary Jane's like going out for the acting job. The whole audition goes through the uh, cosmic storyline, and she finally gets it. And so she's on a soap opera called secret hospital oh, right. <laughs> which is probably an homage to general hospital yeah yeah and general hospital is an american daytime television soap opera it is listed in guinness world records as the longest running american soap opera in production and the second in american history after guiding light wow <laughs> i didn't know that yeah when we cut to them they're like rehearsing these lines right oh yeah i i'm sorry i did laugh at this first panel right here because i i just think oh it's it's, it's so fucking goofy it's like the the beginning of the 90s yes access. so it's not as bombastic as the rest of the 90s, i know but it's, but it's starting peter is huge he's jacked to all hell i mean look at this dude and then mary jane is just wearing this like spider-man t-shirt and that, and it's and, like super tight yeah <laughs> and her hair is like five feet tall right it's very 90s, but it's not like you like just like you said. It's not it, the have, worst of the 90s. It yeah. gets worse than than this. This is early 90s, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it's before Image come, came around, and things just escalated. <laughs> I do like this depiction of her face, though, on oh, this uh, on yeah. this middle panel. That's another like Eric Larson just has a really distinctive way with faces. I think, and just like that Sebastian Shaw one on the previous page, I really like that. Yeah, I remember. Uh, 
now that you mentioned it though like seeing this panel for the first time in forever i was like fuck peter was fucking built yeah no shit man he looks jacked so peter is actually having trouble like reading the lines right uh for mary jane and she's like you know uh because you know ever since he got these new powers he's like confused and she's like well why don't you go out and um you know swing around that usually cleared your head and uh he's like Oh, okay. Thank you, Mary Jane. I'll go do that. And Mary Jane thinks to herself, like, you know, she's come a long way because the idea of him going out used to, like, yeah. like make her cringe. Uh, I did think that was kind of cool because the normal depiction of her is like, oh, she's so worried yeah. about him being out there. You know, there's the that J. Scott Campbell cover that is oh. kind of controversial where she's, like, pining for him as he, like, swings out the window or whatever. Right. And it's kind of like, um, and then this one, she's like, yeah, why don't you, this is your thing, right? Why don't you go do that? that'll help you out that's pretty cool yeah no i i totally agree there because i mean it is I, I don't really think of mary Jean is sad all the time because she i mean she was introduced as like the fun party person yeah you know, she liked to go out to go out to the club and go out to have parties and all that let's get some stuff. actual character development yeah. Right? yeah i love this fucking image of spidey swing i was just gonna say like uh I mean, so the McFarlane Spidey had already come out, right? Yeah, so this is after it. Like, did they tell the artist, like, you got to kind of do these, like, rope webs now, and, you know, or, we're doing this, or... I wonder, you know what I mean? Like, did they pick Eric Larson because he could follow up that, or... Uh, apparently, like, I saw... I'm pretty sure Larson saw... I saw this on Twitter, that he said that McFarlane didn't actually invent the, the spaghetti web like that. Oh, okay. Um, but he just kind of took it off and so he, he i think, popularized it i guess yeah and then so um i guess you know he just kept on with it because like they were even telling mcfarland to tone the webbing down and he's like oh add more webbing right <laughs> right exactly there's a great thwip in there too we didn't talk about that he's got one of the classic uh oh, i love that one of the classic thwip. sound effects just the way that he draws him you know all bent over and everything yeah he's like he's a bug you know what i mean yeah. he's all weird yeah I, I i do like that when they depict him like in this kind of like he's a spider the way that he can move his body like that yeah we then cut to three hours earlier oh that's at the beginning of the comics it starts out as three months early or three days earlier or something like that oh okay so now it's three hours earlier when he goes to shaw and shaw he is threatening dr labouche with the energy to to if the energy projector is ready yet and he says he's working as fast as he can but there's no guarantee that that training on spider-man will have an effect he then says there's no proof that his experiment had anything to do with spider-man he then gets angry and throws down a screwdriver saying that he doesn't know why he's letting shaw push him around and shaw reminds labouche that he has dirt on him <laughs> Right, <laughs> and yeah. Lubush gets back to work. <laughs> and, and again, just I love the depiction when he throws down the the screwdriver, and then like Shaw's oh, reaction. Yeah. Like those are just some really good expressions. Oh, I even like this last panel where it's like you see him in Shaw's eye, right, getting back to work. Yeah, we cut over to Spider Man stopping a mugging and thinking to himself, "Why does he even bother with his new cosmic powers? He could usually save the world and not waste his time on nobodies." Yeah, because these people that were about to get shot are nobodies, right? Like, right. who cares about them? Just let them get shot by. I thought, and then the person that's shooting them is like kind of like it's it's a it's a little bit of a stereotype. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it it's not as bad as the seventies, but he, the way he's talking, it's just like why do you have to write African Americans like that? <sighs> so stupid. Yeah, so he's like kind of stupid and just hungry. And he's just like, uh, when, are, when am I going to get food? Spider-Man mugs him and then he leaves him webbed up outside the police station. He's like, am I time for lunch? <laughs> this is like... <sighs> okay. That aside. David McElhinney, what are you doing? Right. This fucking way that 
Peter is like standing on the side of the building. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, I do love the illustration on that second panel. Mm-hmm. Um, really good dynamic work there as he pulls that guy up with the webs. We then cut over to Gravitron flying over the city, and he's annoyed that Spider-Man survived his wrath. Yeah, so they had previously fought in issue 326. Yes, and that was the very beginning of this whole storyline. It's before he actually got the cosmic powers. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Because in the next one, it would be uh, spectacular, and that's when he gets the powers. So this was going through all the Spidey titles. Yeah. I guess it went for three months, and it went one issue each month. So spectacular, web, and amazing. Yes. So it started amazing, and then the last one ended web, and then this one is like the aftermath. Okay. So ten issues total. Oh, yeah. So he actually thought he killed him, but he didn't stick around to find out. He's just like, well, he's dead. Classic villain move. Yeah. (laughs) And so he's going to stand here and like use his gravity powers to create a fog around him because he, he, the last time he got his attention by uh, raising a raising the Daily Bugle into the sky. Oh, okay. okay. And so this time he's like, oh, I'm just going to stand here and make a cloud because I don't want to do that again. <laughs> we then cut to three minutes earlier, and Loki is pissed that his Active Vengeance trademark has failed. <laughs> so I just read the issue. And I just like dropped myself in the middle of this. And when it cut to Loki, I was like, wait, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and then I was like, let me go read the, what Act of Vengeance was about. Because I, didn't, I, didn't, I never read the full Act of Vengeance back in the day. Yeah, I only read a few of them, but I read the, entire, the entirety of this. Right, right, yeah. And um, the Psylocke. An X-Men storyline, where she becomes a lady. Oh, Mary. that's part of it. You're yes. right. I was remembering the corner boxes, and that's in those issues, right? You've yep. got Wolverine mm-hmm. on one of them, and then you've got like Psylocke on one of the other ones. Yeah. yeah. So Loki's out there. He's pissed that he's been defeated. Yeah, he's uh, he's de- he's pissed because the Avengers thwarted his brilliant plan. <laughs> but he will leave them something to remember him by. And as he's doing this, like he's using his magic powers, and then we see the Sentinels moving towards each other and then there's a flash of light and they have all merged into one into the tri-sentinel the tri-sentinel and the sentinel comes online he's like system check complete (laughs) unit online functioning reprogram prime direct optional and then they blast off cut back to spidey and his fucking spider sense is going haywire that's actually something else the his he kept talking through the whole thing is like his spider sense kept fucking going crazy it oh like it's so like so soon. magnified because yeah. he's got the power cosmic god like eric larson he draws a fucking amazing spider-man like i just love these uh these panels here They're so good it's like nostalgic you know it what i mean really like it's is. like it puts me back in like i'm sitting on the floor with my backpack at school and i'm reading this comic or something like that he uses his telescopic vision another one of his powers <laughs> when spidey uses telescopic vision he sees the tri-sentinel and that's when he's attacked by gravitron heavy that's because I've increased your gravity to what it would be at the Earth's core. Happy landing. <laughs> and Spidey's like, I don't have time for this. And he fucking blasts. He just blasts him out of the sky. He gets smashed through, like, across the city, like, through a, uh, a water tower and slams into a car. And he pops up and he's like, uh, maybe I should concern myself with less formidable opponents like uh, Galactus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I mean, there's so many, like, silly little gags in here. But I thought that was, like, a really Oh, I thought that one, was yeah. good, too. Yeah. And then at that same time, uh, Shaw leashes his attack on Spidey. Prepare the energy projector. Exactly. And he, you know, they blast him, and then all of a sudden, like Spidey's like, something, something's happening. I- I'm changing. I'm, I'm remembering. I'm Captain Universe. <laughs> I remember when as a kid, I turned the page on the comic, and I saw this. And I was like, holy shit! What the? Yeah. Fuck? So. This is the first time that this has happened, right? That yes. he becomes Captain this Universe. This is the first time he became Captain Universe. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> so what is the precedent for this? Because there's been other Captain Universes, right? Yeah, so Captain Universe was created by Bill Mantelow and Michael Gordon and is the guardian and protector of eternity. Rather than a character with a single identity, Captain Universe is a persona that is merged with several hosts during his publication history. It's so, something, uh, uh, so he protects eternity, like eternity from that Silver Surfer comic? That we I would believe so. Yeah. yeah. So Interesting. It's, it's the Enigma Force, and the Enigma Force just chooses somebody who... They need, when it's time of need. Um, wow. Be, okay, so it could be anyone. So who yeah. else has been Captain Universe? Well, see, the first time I ever remember reading it was in a as uh, a Spider-Man annual during Atlantis Attacks. There was a backup story, and it was like this this random guy, he was a professor, all of a sudden he became Captain Universe. Oh, wow. And he like, saves something, and then he goes off. I don't really remember the storyline too much. I'm pretty sure there have been other people. I can just not cannot think of anybody else right now. Yeah, no, I'm trying to look this up right now. Uh, this is so con- I don't understand this. The uni power. Yeah. All this kind of stuff. Um, there's a lot of characters listed. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure there's just like a lots of random different people, but I, I can't think I've ever seen any like the major superheroes uh, being turned into Captain Universe. Right. This image of him as Captain Universe is so good. Yeah. Talk about um, favorite costumes. This but is kind yes. of a neat one, right? Where yes. he's in the Captain Universe. That's pretty cool. They, he's still got like a little bit of the spider on his face. Yeah, this because like, when, gotta... <laughs> when people become Captain Universe, it's that that type of mask that I guess like Batman wears oh, or something like that. Oh, that is so funny. So yeah, because his mouth isn't exposed anyway. He's just so shiny and slick. And this is in, in a comic uh, made in 1990 before modern coloring. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And Eric Larson draws it so awesome. And in that energy field is all that is fucking Kirby Crackle like out the wazoo. Oh me. yeah. Yeah, Eric Larson is like channeling all that old school kind of mm. like Jack Kirby art, that old kind of sensibility, I guess, in that panel. Yeah. So Spidey, you know, as he's he's all of a sudden he's changing into Captain Universe. Now that he um, has access to the whole power, he remembers everything, and the Enigma Force chose him to battle the Tri Sentinel. Oh, okay. Because yeah, because the Tri Sentinel is going towards like a nuclear uh, power plant. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. so I guess like that's precedent enough for the Enigma Force to come out and exactly. say, let's pick somebody. It makes sense. Like, it's so stupid and it's so goofy that this would happen to Spider Man. But, like, if you look at it in the context of like the, the, the rules of Captain Universe and the Enigma Force, it makes sense. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and I mean, and if you also remember comics from back in this day, I mean, it totally makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and then, so Shaw's like, that's not what I had in plan. Follow him. Prepare a second assault. <laughs> <laughs> then Spider-Man, uh, he catches up and he engages with the uh, Tri-Sentinel. And even with his Captain Universe power, he's ba- barely able to deal with it. Like, he shoots some energy beams that it blocks. He tries to web it up and turn it to steel. It breaks the cables, like, yeah. it snaps it like dental floss. I love I love some of these panels. I like this one where the Tri-Sentinel's shooting with all of his different hands. Oh, I know. But it's in black. That's really cool. Like, I just love the way that looks and where it makes that shield. Yeah. That's a neat effect because it's, like, kind of, like, clear or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. And then, like, even when he's, like, snapping the webbing. Okay, one thing, though, is just, like, there were at least a couple of times in the Cosmic Society story he changed his webbing into adamantium. Like oh, one time, wow. one time there was this like bomb that was about to go off, and he webs it up in his webs, and then he turns it into an adamantium box, and the bomb just goes poof. Oh, okay. Why should? Why didn't he do that here? Right. I was like, why didn't he fucking do adamantium? <laughs> that would have stopped him. Of course, then the fight would have been over. And yeah. You know? uh, well, yeah. Uh, the Tri Sentinel, um, he you know attacks. He's able to crack the cooling tower 
of the uh, the nuclear power plant, and Spidey tries to seal it before it gets worse. And Shaw is freaking out, um, and he contacts, <laughs> and he, he's like Brunson. He contacts Brunson when he realizes it's the Sentinels. Yeah, and he asks Brunson if the Sentinels are still in the lab, and Brunson lets him know that they had a problem. <laughs> You're fired. Uh, Spider-Man continues to battle the Tri-Sentinel and uses his web to create a giant wave to drown the Tri-Sentinel. But it makes a hand, right? Yes, he uses... That's okay, yeah. really cool. Yes. Yeah, I like that. Like, I like how this Tri-Sentinel's like, alarm, potential danger from moisture affecting disability short circuits. And then he enters these hyper cold beam response and it breaks the wave and all that. But I, I sit there thinking... My phone can drop in the water and be okay. So I know, know right? <laughs> <laughs> You're a sentinel. Yeah, you would think. It'd be a little waterproof. Right, so Spider-Man, like, he just launches into an attack and he smashes the back of the Sentinel. And this smash, I mean, this panel right here. It's so cool. Yeah, I love that, how they've incorporated. The the panel is the sound effect. Yes, and I just love, like, all the debris flying everywhere. Oh, it's so good. It, it's such a great attack. But then the next thing is... The Sentinel just picks him off his back, and he's like, impending annoyance removed. I know. Well, so when you zoom out and you see the Sentinel, you see that he's really only attacked like a little small part of the back. I know. It's, <laughs> it's like uh, when Grimlock and the Dinobots attack Unicron. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great nerdy comparison. If you don't know that one, educate yourself. No, <laughs> no, Watch you... Transformers the movie. Yes. Not the Michael Bay movies. Not the Michael... The, the animated 1986 movie. That's the one. You got the touch. You got the power. Right at that moment, Sean presses the deactivation button. Uh, he explains that he programmed a failsafe into the Sentinels that tricked them into thinking that they are mutants. It's like some sort of logical fallacy kind of argument. This was another part where I thought, that's kind of smart, because just like you said, Shaw is a mutant. And mm -hmm. so when he sees the Tri-Sentinel, he's like, holy shit, are those my Sentinels? Like, they're out of control now? And like, Because then they could kill him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then he's like, of course he's built in this failsafe, because he's like, well, yeah, if something goes wrong with these things, they're going to attack me. Exactly. I thought that was kind of, like, pretty smart. Yeah. yeah. It shows that he's not, like, a total idiot, too. Right. I mean, it is it, it is smart to have a failsafe. Spider-Man uses this moment to start, you know, just supercharging himself. and the, But the Sentinel's actually able to override the failsafe. Um, right, because they're waiting to see that if it's going to attack itself, yeah, and then it just doesn't. But man, this another image where he's just drawing in all that energy. Instantly, raw, pure power crackles around Spider-Man, flowing from an unknown source, filling his aching body with a might that threatens to burst him apart. He cries out, joy warring with pain, as energy infuses his every atom. If not for his radiation spawn spider strength, he'd be a cinder at this very moment. <laughs> and you know what's also awesome about this panel it's just like the bottom yeah it's like not even like a full third of the, splash it's yeah. like the bottom third um it's like not everything needs to be a splash page right the tri-sentinel is about to attack the containment tower yeah so you see the sentinel who wake up his eyes are all red and cuts over to shaw and he's like gentlemen we're about to die and then he's like no no, you're not. Thanks to the iron will of the amazing Spider-Man and to the uncategorized power of Captain Universe. And Spider-Man <laughs> leaves off his blast and holy shit. This, this page, page. Yeah. This page is definitely a tribute to the Jack Kirby, Buscema type of stuff from the early, you know, Golden Age comics. I mean, it, it's just like 
it, it's lit up. It's the way it's colored. Yeah. All that Kirby crackle in there. All the energy beams shooting everywhere. And yeah. the, the lens of the Sentinel just falling away from it and all that, you know? And Spidey's tiny, tiny, Right, tiny. yeah. You really get the sense of, like, the entire spectacle, you know, that it would create. Yeah. I mean, it'd be like the size of a spider compared to you are. Right. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, if a spider would it would be able to blast away a human. That's a, that's a really great comparison. In the days that follow, people will talk of stars that blazed the afternoon sky. They'll speak of tremors that shook the ground like a giant's passing. They'll speculate on earthquakes and meteorites, on secret experiments gone awry, but few will give the phenomenon the one name it truly deserves. Salvation. I feel like even those word boxes and the descriptions, and even like the color of the word boxes, it's really like all hearkening back to, you know, let's put a little taste of the old school golden age even like the whole captain universe motif and everything it kind of goes along with that Mm -hmm. it's really cool how they've incorporated that into this issue yeah (laughs) i was just saying like you know like i just was gonna like you know salivate over this picture again you know because it's it's just so good it's really cool and it's like it it doesn't look like eric larson art to me yeah i mean it it's obviously skilled but like it doesn't have like that 90s mentality to me this looks more like it, it really looks like a jack kirby kind yeah of it really does yeah, yeah yeah it's really nice stuff i saw him like post something on twitter recently like saying now like he learned a lot from jack you know his art style and all that right you know? yeah here's a testament to that right here because like you know like we grew up like eric larson and todd mcfarland and the jim lees were the people right when we were yeah kids. jack kirby was the person when he was a kid exactly oh, yeah so good yeah I just wrote, and man, what a page. Um, yeah, for sure. We see uh, fucking Shaw. He's like, Carlson, drop Dr. LaBush off at ESU and take me home while you're at it. Get my insurance people on the phone, would you? Yeah. <laughs> Those are his sentinels, right? Yep. Yeah, I hope he had them insured. I mean, he's pretty. he's been pretty smart so far, so I guess right. he did. And he's locked out, too, because like the Sentinel went straight for the uh, nuclear power plant and didn't really destroy anything. So Oh, yeah, you're right. He yeah. didn't have to worry about that much property damage, either. Exactly, yeah. So then we see Spider-Man. He's like, I feel different. I mean, besides feeling half dead. Uh, <laughs> costume machine back, but I'll have to try it. Nope, can't fly. Not an inch. I'm back to normal. And... Well, sort of. And he can't even fire his web straight. He's right. just so <laughs> exhausted. And he's like, maybe I should just, I'll just rest a minute, a week, a year. <laughs> and he just passes out right there under yeah. the tree. I mean, he's so drained from that battle and all that. And then um, eventually he wakes up you know, when he hears the sirens um, and he makes his way. He says he hobbles and hitches and eventually web slings his way back to Manhattan. And then he uh, he's back in the apartment. He's like, I can't help thinking I should have done more, Mary Jean. I mean, with all that power, I could have stopped Gaddafi. Ended apartheid. Something. <laughs> that really kind of dates it right there. You I know. know. Oh my god. Yeah, uh, that's kind of weird. I mean, it's funny because like like most Americans I don't think had heard of Saddam Hussein at that point. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not that he, not that you know superheroes should be getting into things like that, but whatever. It's just yeah, it kind of I'm just thinking you're pointing out it dates the time because apartheid was uh uh was in South Africa forever. Um Right, right. I actually mm. had a note on that. So this is from marvel.fandom.com. It says, These should be considered topical references per the sliding time scale of Earth 616, particularly because Gaddafi died in 2011 and apartheid was abolished in South Africa in 1994. <laughs> 
<laughs> so what would be the equivalent i guess uh, uh putin and uh climate change you're right you would say climate change you probably say something like north korea instead of putin. <laughs> but putin right now fuck that guy and then you know mary jane tells him to stop breaking himself over the coals he did more than most people would have tried and more importantly you did everything that you peter parker could do right so I, I do like this. Let, let's point out a couple things that are going on here because mm-hmm. they're potting a plant. Yes. They're putting a plant in a pod, which I think is kind of cute. He's wearing a Charlie Brown shirt. He's wearing a Charlie Brown shirt, and he's got his Spider-Man tights under his outfit because oh, you can right. see the or, or either that or he's wearing Spider-Man socks. But it looks <laughs> like he's got the outfit on underneath his costume. So. I oh, he most likely kind of, does. Yeah, that, so I thought that was kind of interesting, too. Because he would always wear his costume under his clothing. Right, um, yeah, yeah. That's actually a nice little touch. <clears throat> so, like, where do the hands come from? Are they little gloves or something? I guess they must yeah. be, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess he keeps them in his pocket or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be, like, I would hate that if I was reaching in my pocket and I'll, I just had these, like, little gloves in there all the time, like... Maybe he keeps he keeps his gloves in one pocket, and he's like, "That's my glove pocket." Or maybe he has like a pouch, like sewn into something, and the gloves are in there, and the mask too. Or I don't know. That sounds like you would eventually figure it out, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he is Spider Man. Yeah, (laughs) Peter's like, uh, "I guess you have a point," but then like, "Oh, the elevator," and out walks Flash Thompson. He has brought a new girlfriend for them to meet. And it's Felicia Hardy, the black cat. Well, come on, guys. Say hello. What's the matter? Cat got got your your tongue? tongue. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was another running storyline in the Cosmic Spidey. Every time they saw Flash, he was with a different girl. Oh, okay. That's funny. Yeah, because he comes in and he goes, oh, you know, I've had a tough time finding Mrs. Wright. You know. Well, this is the one for sure. (laughs) A a couple little details here. You see like an Elvis Costello poster in their apartment in the background. So I guess they they like that music. Um, Mm -hmm. And then uh, Felicia Hardy here has a Betty Boop on her shirt. Yeah. What happened with this story? Do you know what happened with Felicia Hardy? I believe... Like, what's the big controversy? Because they know... I, well, because well, I mean, she's the black cat. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think she did date Flash for a little bit, and she's like... I think she tried to say, like, no, I've really changed or something like that. Right, right. But I honestly don't really remember where it yeah, was yeah. there. <laughs> it's been so long. I don't really think much came of it. Right, right, yeah. yeah. And then that's the it. That's the issue. Yeah, that that was really cool. You know, I I had just totally forgotten about this issue, and it was kind of fun to just like dip your toe back into. Like, there's so much to talk about with mm-hmm. the Captain Universe and the Acts of Vengeance, and like I forgot how convoluted a lot of this stuff could be because like if you like you have the Marvel app, and nowadays everything's yeah. digital. You have the luxury of like just going, hey, I'm just going to read all this shit and just see what was it what what it was about. But like right. at the time. You would have it would be hard to track down all those issues. Oh, I think you know what I mean. Oh yeah, like like I was saying earlier, like the Incredible Hulk issue. I couldn't get that one when I was a kid because you you told it, me you just read it for the first time now, right? Or? Uh, well, no, no, I I got a hard copy of it about ten years ago. Oh, okay, but even then, that's like. How yeah. many years after it came out? <laughs> like still 20, 30 years, years, 20, years, 20 yeah. years after it came out? So Jeez. it was like forever. But like I had read like all of the other, I mean, most of the other. It was at a weird time where like I was collecting comics, but I wasn't able to get everything. And it's and I think it's just the McFarlane one sold out. And it was because it was McFarlane and it was McFarlane back in the day. Right. Like I think comic shops just immediately marked that one up to like super high prices. Right. Because I remember right. they would do that with certain comics. Yeah. Like no. It, it would come out and then like, oh no, this one's actually going to be costing you twenty five dollars. Yeah, exactly. You're I mean, they do that now too. I mean well some shops do that. 
Yeah. Um, that's actually been a controversy because uh, most shops, when the, when the books come out, they're just cover price. But uh, I've seen online, like, some shitty shops are, like, prices at the shop's discretion or some uh. shit like that. So you can't even so you can't even count on books coming out being cover price on the day that they come out. Because if it's a hot issue, they're already going to start marking it up. That's bullshit. It is bullshit. Um, you should at least l- wait. Luckily, my, our, our comic shop... They don't do that. Uh, th- they don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird that they would do that because, I mean, like, you know, with digital comics and shit like that, you can just buy it, you know? It's never yeah, exactly, comic. exactly. Yeah, so, like, I didn't get to read the full whole thing until, like, a while ago. Right, I mean, until, right. I mean, more recently, but, God, was it so goofy. But, I mean, it's just, this is, like, the Spider-Man I was reading when I was first started collecting. Yeah, yeah. And, um, man, they did bring back some fucking memories. <laughs> I know, and, and it's also cool, because, like, even when we had Ross on last week, he was like, wait a minute, a Sentinel and Spider-Man? And it's like, yeah, yeah, like, that's the kind of stuff that would get you to pick up a book. You'd be like, holy shit. And this is a tri-sentinel or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, what is going on that Spider-Man's fighting a sentinel? They've got the condition in the book since he's got mm-hmm. these cosmic powers. They could just do whatever the fuck they wanted with him. And the the tri-sentinel even comes back like about a year or two later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, because I, when I was looking through this, I was just like, oh, look, there it is again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Nice. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I really liked... Um, just coming back, I, I like these episodes where we can just like do one issue and take it apart and just Have talk about it. all the stuff that kind of came around it. And it's almost like a time capsule, you know what it I really mean? Is. Of like what comics were like back in the day. And I'd be interested to hear our listeners' thoughts on these 90s comics. Did you read Acts of Vengeance? Did you read this issue? Were you enjoying the Eric Larson and Todd McFarlane Spider Man stuff at the time? Yeah. yeah. Yes, Liz, I want to know. Oh, man, I just remember one of the issues. It was around the time Batman came out, and I'm pretty sure Larson drew that it was like Peter wearing a T-shirt, but it had the Batman symbol with a red no over it. Oh, wow. I don't know if I remember that. It's in. It's it, probably in one of these Amazing Spider-Man issues. Yeah, right? so it's in one of these issues. It's around this time. Um, let us know if you know what issue that's from. I'd be interested to just look at that again. <laughs> anyway, so funny. Th- this makes me want to go back and look at a bunch of these issues now. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, gonna... I'm definitely going to read this Spider-Man Doctor Doom again because uh, I remember really liking that. And that's also by Eric Larson. Yeah, I'm thinking about like just kind of starting like you know with the McFarlane stuff and like reading through some of that stuff. You know, yeah. You know, because, I don't know, it's just so much fun. And it, it, was, it is. Yeah. And Spider-Man is, it, it, I don't know, I like reading just like, I guess, popcorn comics, you know what I mean, every once yeah. in a while, where it's just like, it's just fun and it's just silly and just like, yeah, stuff like this is good. I don't know, I guess Spider-Man's always going to be like my favorite character, you know? Yeah, Spider-Man is just, uh, yeah, everyone's going to be like, of all the Spider-Man issues you could have picked, you picked this one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. for sure. I will we'll... stand behind that one forever. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I would love to come back and do uh, some more Spider-Man issues, just like some one-and-done ones again. Um, really cool stuff. So anyway, great pick, Aubrey. Uh, thank you for doing the notes, too. You did a great oh, job with that. You. Awesome. Well, that was a great episode. Let us know your Spidey thoughts in the listener feedback. Leave us a comment on our social medias or send us a hey, you damn guys at our email. <laughs> What's happening over here? Hey! <laughs> Danielle has come dancing into the podcast studio. Uh, what are your thoughts on Spider-Man, really quick? Like We're wrapping. Spider-Man. What 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 is your favorite thing of Spider-Man that you like? What what are the categories? Of anything. 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 Any, any Spider-Man thing? Your favorite movies, TV shows. Okay. Favorite Spider-Man, Spider-Man comics. His amazing friends. Oh, we were talking about that. I really like that a lot. Where he's hanging out with fucking Ice Man and uh, Firestar. Firestar. I like that a lot. I think that was great. 
What's your favorite Spider-Man comic? My favorite Spider-Man comic, Spider-Man Blue. Yeah, that's a good one. Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. That's a good one. You've always you've always been a big fan of that one. Yeah, favorite live action Spider Man has to be Tom Holland, probably. We talked about that soon. We We did. I talked about that already. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then there you go. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for popping in here. I did. Awesome. Okay. Bye. Okay. Great to see you. All right, there we go. Danielle actually popped in for a little appearance. We we got some spider thoughts from her, and now Aubrey's gonna say all the things. All right, everybody, that was our very spidey special. <laughs> that was so much fun, and I want to know what you guys think. I want to hear your favorite Spider-Man. I want to hear your favorite Spidey story. Just any Spidey-related thing. You go. You found a spider in your house. I want to hear about it. <laughs> you can send us a. Hey, you damn guys at bookclubmembercomics at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at bookclubmembercomics and on Twitter at bookclubmembers. You can also find all of our information on our Podbean website and our Facebook About section and our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. As always, special thank you to Paul from Garterhorn for the wonderful theme. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, John, uh, for all your editing magic. Fuck, it's so much fun to listen to the episodes when you do them. <laughs> thank you, Danielle, for popping in for that brief second. Yes, yes, thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And uh, when you're there, open up that app and uh, give us that five-star review on whatever podcast service uh, you did. Yeah, do it. Every little bit helps, guys. Thank you. Next week, we are going back to the Silver Surfer and reading issues four through seven so you know what to do pull out them back issues trades get the app marvel unlimited's much better than comiXology right now Um (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's so true and join us next week on book club member comics thanks for listening everybody i'm john salinas and don't forget to go check out ross radke's kickstarter link in the show notes and our link trees on social media and i'm Aubrey loveless saying something is happening i'm I'm changing i'm captain universe